Book Club. Yeah, with Zeleni and Cameron. I'm Zeleni. I'm Cameron. We have a special treat today. Well, yes. I guess every podcast is a special treat. But do we have, before we get into what we're covering today, do we have any updates to get everybody on board with? Do well, we have, a- we have a Facebook page and an Instagram now that you can follow us on. And for Queer Eye, we did a little animation. So be looking on our Instagram for cute animations about our episodes. That's right. And if you ever see a uh, invitation to interact with the the posts, feel free to do so. We would be happy to give you a shout out. We had actually a couple shout out requests today. uh, Stick around to the end end of the episode to know this week's shout outs. All right. Which is a new segment, but at the end before grades. Okay, so we need to get on with it because this... Oh, I forgot the other update. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Was... With Delaney, we have a packed podcast, and you're gonna bring them in with more updates. <laughs> yeah, I got my hair dyed gray. That's right. Yeah, me and Cameron are really gross, and now match. match our hairs match. Our hairs match pretty exactly in color. <laughs> She's exaggerating a l- slightly. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Anyway, now we need to get on with it because this topic, as you saw in the title, is a big one. It sure is. Were were you born in 1999? No, born. Not born, oh. but sorry. <laughs> were you alive? Are did you, you did serious? you exist in 1999? Do you think I'm 20? Wait, 19. 19. <laughs> you think I'm 19? You would be like 18 or 19. I'm not 18 or 19. I'm 23. So wow. Yes. So if I, I our podcast alive. is irrelevant to anybody under the age of no. 18. Don't exclude. No, no, no. I was born. I mean, I was alive. And I was five, and my mom says I went to see it, but I don't recall. And so this, I count this time that we watched it for this podcast, my first time watching it. Okay. Yeah. I that's didn't gr- know. I mean, and that's great. It's a chance for us to introduce Eleni to a new form of media and see what her form reaction of is. Media. It's was, a movie. You're right. Just, just a, a movie. Right, <laughs> a new movie and see. Yeah, what- I mean. It's definitely iconic. I definitely it was part of my summer reading the year before senior high school. How do you school. read the Not Matrix? reading, but like summer summer, summer watching. Yeah, like summer what? assignment. What kind of school did you go to? <sighs> summer assignment for English class was to watch the Matrix. Not just that, a bunch of other books. And I read the books, but I did not go see. I did not see the Matrix because I don't know why. But I didn't. I, I was fine. I never saw it. I, I got through the year, so I guess that's the moral. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so I, w- I should have watched it back then, but I didn't. So it's been like five years since then. And now I watched it. Did you say The Matrix? Yeah. That's it. The Matrix. We, had yeah, n- yeah. we hadn't introduced we it had, yet. We had. Had we? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sloppy. I'm well, all over this thing. I don't know. <laughs> the Matrix. Yeah. We're covering The Matrix today. Yeah. It's a it's a big one. There's so many things to it. I mean, I'm... I, the, we have a lot of ground to cover today. Yeah. Right now, my... I'm still going to do no spoilers, but it's probably going to end a lot sooner than usual because, as you know, the spoiler section is usually bigger 
the older the movie is. So if it's an old movie, we spend more time on the spoiler part because it's more likely for people to have seen it. That, that's act- that's quite true, yep. And yeah. So right now we're in the no spoiler zone and we'll warn you when it's spoiler time, but it'll probably come sooner than usual. Would you like me to treat them to a review today? When we get to the spoiler part. Oh. That has spoilers. Oh, okay. You're right? right? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely want that, though. Let's go with our guessing game of budget and box office. (laughs) What do you think the budget was? So the budget for the Matrix was probably around sixty million. Yeah, it was exactly that. Nice. You you did the research. I may have read that somewhere. Uh, Okay. I'm sorry. Like you said, this movie's been out for a while. I've had a long time to do my research. It's true. Cameron's (laughs) a big fan. That I follow the figures. Huh? The (laughs) <laughs> the nine figures eight figures eight figure movie oh, that costs to make i don't know how many figures just guess a number <laughs> <laughs> well so let's let let me see let's see how much it made at the box office yeah so US domestically worldwide, yeah. let's do u.s i think it made back Ooh, hard hard <laughs> to say let's yeah. go with Ooh, i'm gonna be wild adventurous 400 th- 400 million no. I mean, that's a lot closer to the worldwide. Oh, it is? Yeah. And domestic is 171 million. 171. Yeah. And the worldwide is 463 million. Dang. Yeah. Did you, I mean, did you happen to find what other countries it was popular in? Like, was it more pop- like popular in France or Australia? I don't, I don't know, actually. All I know foreign country-wise for this movie is that it was filmed in Sydney, Australia. Right. And it was inspired by a lot of Japanese anime and Chinese. What, what do they call them? They, they call them something foo. Like, oh, wire foo movies. So, like, kung fu with, like, wire technology. Is that what it is? I, I had, I, I, I had heard foo. about I had read it when I was looking up mm-hmm. a little bit of it, too, and I had never heard of wire foo. <laughs> I mean, me neither, but that makes sense. I mean, that describes what it was pretty well. <laughs> so I could see it being popular in Asia where mm-hmm. they drew inspiration from maybe. But I mean, it was just an all around. It became kind of an instant classic for this like pivotal year right before the new millennium. Yeah. So that's so interesting. Um, hopefully we'll get into understanding a little bit of the of fear around Y2K during that time. How many how many Academy Awards did it win? Oh, well, see, this isn't fair because I happened to look. Up? I did. What 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 were they? Well, oh, uh, we'll see if I can recall. I definitely know that one of them went to best editing, yeah. which I totally agree with. I was actually shocked that it had won four Academy Awards when I saw that. I, I mean, I wasn't shocked, yeah. but I was pleasantly surprised. Like, wow, that's cool that this movie got that type of recognition at the time. It's sort of like Dunkirk, I guess. Of No, get out of here. I know. Here, nope. Yeah. Bye. But you know how just Dunkirk had won all of the technical awards? Oh, and I guess. Yeah. Eh. No, but The Matrix is a more iconic. And oh, has, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely... So I recommend it for... Because some of our loyal listeners hadn't seen The Matrix, and they were asking me why... Why did uh, we choose The Matrix? Yeah, and like... If they were even, if they even should be interested, and I was like, this is like an OG Black Mirror episode. <laughs> pretty That's much. a good point. So, yeah, I would recommend it if you like Black Mirror and those types of like dark technology future movies. Then this is definitely right up your alley. I feel like this movie was Sci-fi. responsible, very responsible for bringing that more to the forefront of like 
you know people's ideas of cinema yeah like technology gone wrong mm -hmm. <laughs> really i mean you wrong. had the terminator before oh, this yeah, that yeah. was very pivotal for that. And that. I feel like Terminator also inspired a lot of this movie. Or a tidbit of what I had read about the Wachowski brothers, who, oh, yeah. the brothers, in quotation marks. They're but not brothers? They're, no. What? Oh, so you didn't come across this in your research? No. No, they are brothers, but they oh. just don't go by brothers anymore. What? You didn't come across this in your research? No. They're, they're trans. What? You didn't come That's so cool. Yeah. What the I, hell? I thought you were I thought you came across this. No. Yeah. Oh well that's the bit of research okay. I could bring to great. the table. Great camera brought good research. That's great. <laughs> I thought I thought that was phenomenal. What? That okay, tell the, story. the Wachowskis so are now uh they, they, they are trans, you know, they um both of them? Yes. Wow. And uh, I guess at the time they weren't women, but mm -hmm. now they are. And only recently did they stop kind of working together. It's one of them. I can't remember which one mm -hmm. decided to take a break because, mm -hmm. I mean, they've been writing and directing together since the you know early mid 90s. Wow. So it's a long. So the Wachowski brothers are the ones who wrote and produced and no wrote and directed this. Movie. Yeah. So the way that Sorry, happened, I just wanted oh, to make sure for sure. They're important. They've, they've made some important works. And what they did was, you know, they had got this partnership with Warner Brothers pitching uh, three movies. And mm -hmm. The Matrix was the third right, of the three I movies. And I so the other two were produced and made. And then The Matrix was certainly their major breakthrough. Yeah. I had no idea. That's a crazy story. And honestly, like, also, I would recommend this movie just for its diversity. I think it had really... I think it had a really amazing diversion, and we're gonna get to. I the totally spoilers. agree. We're gonna and and this just adds to it. This the story you're telling me about the writer and director's siblings. Hell yeah! <laughs> and I, I mean, I just want the listeners to know if they haven't seen The Matrix that that's a really cool thing about it that you would definitely not even expect at all from 1999. I did not expect that at all. 1999. I said 99. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought you said 89. No, 99. That's Terminator. But even then, 99, that was a long time ago when I, no one cared that much about diversity. So, And in film, like that's one of the most non-diverse places back then. I feel. I mean, still. it's true. We just you know, still keep in mind that the 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 lead was right, still right, right. a white male. But he had at least some Hawaiian descent. Well, that was a... <laughs> <laughs> this is odd, you know. He was I don't born know. in Lebanon, I read. Oh. Did you know that? That's yeah. so random. He's born from in Lebanon? Yeah. Oh. But he's not Lebanese. I wonder how he got his American citizenship. I mean, I don't know. He's like part British, part still Hawaiian. In Australia because I'm not. Oh my god, his voice is too much, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> so I know you don't come here to hear Keanu Reeves impersonations, but <laughs> Honestly, I would I'd be down. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what we might get by the end of this episode? <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. want to see Cameron do a Keanu Reeves impersonation? Mm, no. Tweet us at Heike Book Club. Oh, well, well, let's just get into the spoilers. Yeah. Well, we covered okay. the territory pretty well. I mean, basically, the Wachowski brothers worked with Warner Brothers for this mm -hmm. movie. And the, uh, I don't know, I imagine the pre-production was around 97 or so, or 98. But they started filming in 98. And mm -hmm. then that ended around, I think, oh, was it August of 98? And then it was released in 1999. It's just crazy to me how it, it's, it was still really relevant to today, even though it was made a long time ago, pre-iPhones and pre-Alexas and pre, you know, all those things. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think that's cool. And that's another reason it's worth watching. It's definitely stood the test of time when 
technology, it's really hard to do that. There were certain books that the Wachowski brothers had the actors read. Did you oh, read about yeah, that? Oh, yeah, I did. Philosophy. Mm-hmm. So this movie has a lot of philosophical undertones, which you don't really... I, don't, I wouldn't say you, you get that if you don't know very specific philosophy and philosophers. Certain ones, uh, Plato and Kant are the main ones, but I mean, it's still like, it's not about philosophy. It's just like kind of a weird sci-fi interpretation of philosophical ideas but that's really deep it is yeah and it's not very common in action movies today if you oh, not i mean at all. <laughs> you have a philosophy i think but they it, it sort of it just serves for the story it's more to... like justice and justice <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah this this really the has evil a lot of... empire that has taken over their land yeah but if you don't understand any of the philosophy like you'll still get the movie completely it's just some old ideas being re-shown to the world right i want to move on to spoilers yes so um are we going to go ahead and jump right into our synopsis of the movie yeah yeah you need to do that because oh my after i watched this movie I, it was kind of late i was a little tired mm-hmm. and like after the next day i was like what happened in that movie i think it just moves so what's a good fast. like where's a good environment to watch this movie like is it at night with the n- lights off well not when you're tired clearly because you need <laughs> to follow <laughs> it's true there i mean there are a lot of cut scenes yeah, to the dialogue action, so mm-hmm. action's always for me, it's kind of fast-paced, actually, like, all the time. It's hard you for me You do have even, to follow everything. There's yeah. Every scene is important. Like, even shitty action movies, it's hard for me, like, simple ones, it's hard for me to follow sometimes just because it's so fast, you know? But, yeah, this one, definitely, you need to pay good attention. Goes back to that Academy Award for Best Editing. Speaking of, if there were podcast awards, Zeleni, I would give you oh. the award for Best Editing. <laughs> it's not the time this for This is awards. a shout-out to our... <laughs> To the fabulous senior co-host, producer. senior producer, <laughs> and founder, <laughs> Zeleni Lozano. She no, is, is also not the, time. We have a lot the of world's cover. best editor. You're right. Thank so, you. I of course. It. So, that being said, <laughs> here's our synopsis for The Matrix. Okay. Try to be more like outline rather than like... Right. Well, I'll he, do my best. Neo, you know, opens in his apartment, <laughs> you know? I, I got you. <laughs> okay. Let's see, let's see how I can deliver. <laughs> okay. So the Matrix uh, is the story of Thomas Neo Anderson. Neo is so he has his Matrix name and his real world name. And what the Matrix is is about this character Neo, who is essentially, and this is major spoiler territory, but the whole idea of the Matrix is it is a simulation, it's a simulated Mm -hmm. dream world, is what they call it, where. Every human being is being plugged into and through their neurons manipulated to participate in this simulation mentally where in the real world, their physical bodies are being harvested for the electric for the electricity of machines that have dominated the world. Yeah. So like A.I., gone you know they so, took over right us. and it sets place this the matrix that that virtual reality mm-hmm. it takes place in 1999 in a simulation of right. the turn of the 20th century right mm-hmm. the the real world is some like 200 300 years they're not really oh, sure okay. um how many more years after but and so the character neo he gets found by these rebels of the real world who have been unplugged from inside the simulation he gets like 
like computer they locate messi- him. Computer, yeah. computer messages because <laughs> he's a programmer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And he had been looking for the Matrix inside of the Matrix. I mean, that's kind of like it's meta to be inside of your dream and being like, I'm going to crack my dream. Am I, I dreaming? Yes. It's all really trippy. <laughs> this whole movie <laughs> is so trippy. It really is. So and so the, the character, the, Mor- the Morpheus. Morpheus, Morpheus, he is the leader of these rebels in the real world, and he's the main line of communication, or the guy that Neo has been searching for in the Matrix, and then he comes and unplugs Neo from the machines and Mm -hmm. brings him back into the real world. And, you know, a little fun fact that I had read is that Keanu Reeves actually had to lose 15 pounds. That was on my list, too. And shaved his whole body Mm -hmm. for the scene where he comes out of, like, the placenta type of pod <laughs> yeah yeah which is what the machines have been using to harvest the electricity yeah, so of these human bodies and there the are thing. fields of them that they get referred to yeah neo was born in in the tube like he's never been on the outside world mm-hmm. which is crazy yeah, to imagine being an adult like your whole body has matured to the point of you're finally being awoken and it's like what is what is this yeah so Neo is shown the ways of the real world and also how they use, they plug into the Matrix from their Nebuchadnezzar, their, their... (laughs) That name, like, (laughs) me up so much. It's their sewer ship craft. Sewer? They're basically sewers that they're running, they're giant, like, electrical systems and grids and sewers that the Nebuchadnezzar is navigating through, you know, because they pick them up in that sewage system. Remember when he, the is shot out of the placenta through the tube and out the shaft. It, he lands inside this like big drainage area. I've yeah, always assumed that they're basically that. giant sewage canals that <laughs> they sewage. navigate through. I mean, in, you know, just the utility routes. Oh, this movie just had so much action. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And so the reason though, the most important thing about all of this, the reason that Neo is being rescued out of this, um, out of the matrix out of the slavery and being mm-hmm. unplugged is because morpheus believes that he's the one the he believes the chosen one it's like the typical chosen it one is. kind of it is motif here it but is. i mean I def- it works yeah it's tried and true it is so tried and true <laughs> like, oh my Potter, gosh jet <laughs> luke skywalker oh yeah well i don't know about lord of the rings i just said a franchise <laughs> i mean they yeah yeah hmm. that, that's so interesting the idea of the chosen one i feel like you could really explore that more it's the hero narrative right more or less yeah yeah but he's there to like save everybody right (laughs) gotta save the world so (laughs) that's what neo is neo Mm -hmm. is believed to be this chosen one but we can't prove it it's a myth looking and looking and looking exactly he thinks this one's it he's been told by the oracle yeah kind of and so that's an important (laughs) part that's like the midpoint of our movie that's my favorite diversity moment it was like neo's or morpheus's grandmother (laughs) Her mother, really, but really, no, no not really, never, not really. But no spoilers. <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory. Is he? His, is she his mom? <laughs> is she? <laughs> no, because we do learn. No, 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 no. A little more about the Oracle in the next movie. Going into like the weird controversies of the trilogy itself at large. In the third one, it's a different actor. Oh no, no, I loved her. I just related to her. She was super sweet in the cookies. Yeah, like like that felt like the truest oracle, you know, like a grandma. So I guess the oracle is this, this rep, 
rebellious leader lady that has been with the rebellion for a long time since the beginning, Morpheus mm-hmm. says. And so Morpheus believes in her very much and decides to take Neo to her. He, Morpheus takes all of the captives that he rescues. So that's another p- important part of this is that he, mm-hmm. Morpheus himself is a leader. And I would say that the Oracle is the next up in that chain. Yeah, he, sure. You know, Morpheus is taking kind of orders or, you know, revelations visions from the oracle mm-hmm. as as a uh, her calls to action yeah you know he's definitely that like malicious spiritual leader well <laughs> i say malicious in the sense of a, like a militia because he has oh, a oh, oh. yeah fighting he has a f- squad you know a whole right, fight force right. yeah and S- trinity is in that trinity is kind of like love interest Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like she's also a badass woman, and well, in the movie, so Trinity, she's like the code breaker. She's like this famous uh, software hacker, oh. and that's what I didn't realize until rewatching oh, it really? this time. Is that yeah, I had totally overlooked her narrative. Mm-hmm. They don't emphasize it as much yeah, as I feel like it's more subtle back then. Yeah, <laughs> but like there's this part where. Uh, Neo is about to get unplugged from the Matrix. Yeah. And they're laying back. He's looking around. There's a shot of all these telephones and all these gizmos and gadgets of older technologies being used, sort of like wiretapping oh, the oh. Matrix, basically. Uh-huh. And so he's looking around, and then he just, under his breath, basically, go, while she's working with him, goes, uh, he goes, you, you, you did all this? <laughs> and she's like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I noticed that and it made me realize yeah. she's like some expert mm-hmm. hacker that yeah. can hack into things. And so that's, yeah, that's her expertise or her background. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, the Oracle is important because the Morpheus brings all of his recruits to the Oracle to get some prophecy to share some good news for them about what their purpose is in the rebellion, more or less. Mm-hmm. So Morpheus brings Neo, and it's a major ordeal. It's a major event for everybody on his ship. All of his crew goes into the Matrix to go see the Oracle. Mm-hmm. And it's a major risk that they take because they're all there together, and they have to dodge the agents. The agents mm-hmm. are looking for them. Those are the antagonists in the story led yeah, by Agent so Smith. They're the AIs, basically. They're But they're like, in the simulation, they're represented by other pe- people, like mm-hmm. men, in, men in black suits, you know. Speaking of black suits, I want to come back to that later when we talk about costumes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, what's, is pro- what's problematic, and this is the spoiler twist, is that one of the recruits that Morpheus mm-hmm. got picked up he he turned he was uh turned to the dark side and decided to be a traitor and give up morpheus to the agents in exchange very very selfishly and strangely but he his and i think that's one of the philosophical points about all of this is like it's you know are you do you want to live in the truth if the truth is unbearable? Right. Is that Kant? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, no I had to study him, but I forgot everything. <laughs> it's so Obviously. interesting, though. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. So much. Well, yeah. I think the philosophical questions of this movie are so interesting, which that is one of them. Like, blue pill or red pill, basically. Yes. Or... When it comes down to this binary option. Yeah, and that's... I, I want to <laughs> answer that at some point. I mean, is which, there like which, these which political one? leanings towards it? No. Too? No? I think it's a, well, I don't know. No, that was an election year, wasn't it? I don't well, know. I don't mean like literally red means, you know, conservative, blue <laughs> means liberal, but I, 
what I do mean is the idea that oh, government yeah, is to... best served when it is only between two factions. That's bullshit. Well, that's so interesting well, you say that okay. because my Isn't American government class has that I've that I film on campus has been trying to convince me that there's no better system because it oh, solves okay. so called the prisoner's dilemma. Uh, Which is probably a philosophical well, piece that is in this. I'm I know sure. the allegory of the cave is. Yeah, that's the one I want to talk about too. Def- I'm familiar with so, that. So, so we have the philosophical question of blue pill or red pill, basically simulation or real life, shitty real life, and then we have the allegory of the cave, which is like you've been blinded from the truth all of your life. Right. It's like a story by Plato, the philosopher, <laughs> not the ch- kid's toy. There's a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But the philosopher Plato, <laughs> he wrote this allegory of the cave, fable, story, whatever. And it's about how prisoners are chained to a wall in a cave and facing a wall where the only view they can see is the shadows of people outside the cave or something like that. And they live their whole lives just watching the shadows. The shadows become their reality, even though... The shadows are just shadows of real people. And then if one of them gets freed and they go outside and get blinded by the sun, they want to go back to just the shadows. Like, their reality is the the shadows, so they want to go back to their reality, even though it's not the real reality. Well, I feel like Morpheus is that character that went outside of the cave. He saw the truth, the light. And then yeah. he wants, he's this hero type figure that mm-hmm. wants to come back and free the other slaves yeah. that are being forced to watch the shadows. And that's but then also, he ends up getting rejected, which is what we see in the subsequent matrices. Oh, matrices. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> they they do cover that in the, in the allegory of the cave about the the type of prisoner that wants to free other prisoners and the type of prisoner that wants to just go back which is the antagonist the, in yeah. our in the matrix do you remember his name i don't i do cypher ew i know they called him cypher <laughs> that's so tag <laughs> i guess also makes me think slytherin oh i think cypher <laughs> from pokemon well i'm almost done with the synopsis so oh, okay he, really i really need help with the end because you I do? really don't understand what happened, kind of. Oh. Like, how did he not die? Okay, again? so I can clarify that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And this is why the oracle is important. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I know. She's got a purpose, too. <laughs> so, what happens is when Cypher gives them up, he's he becomes a traitor, and what happens is it's a setup. He sets them up. When they go in, they cut the hard wire to this building that they were going to unplug out of to get back into the real world, and... The agents cut that hard wire so they're not able to do it anymore. And the agents close in on everybody plugged into the Matrix. Mm-hmm. and The th- rebels plugged into the Matrix. That's right. And then slowly, uh, you know, one uh, after the other. So what happens is Cypher... Oh, man. Well, it, I remember the unplugging thing. I just... This, this whole scene is a very complicated transition. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something I can explain in a sentence. Then these two... <laughs> Essentially, (laughs) Cypher is able to get unplugged out of the Matrix before the other crewmates. And gets the helper guy in in the room to help him because he thinks he's still good. He hasn't turned yet, revealed. Exactly. So Cypher gets unplugged first while the rest of the crew is still plugged into the Matrix. So they're, 
not in the real world, you know, mentally. And so what happens is once Seifert's back in the real world and it's just two other, I guess, like co-captains sort of of the ship that are the one of them's like the 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 mechanic guy he's like the ship guy yeah, yeah, yeah. and the other one is the software guy and who keeps them. everybody They're plugged also in brown. Mm-hmm. i was so yeah, happy like i know it's such a diverse it's such a diverse, a diverse crew, cast a diverse squad great ensemble it yeah. was very heartbreaking it was kind of the reason why i couldn't enjoy the sequel so much because oh. there wasn't the same tone and sense of ensemble mm. that there was in this one yeah this was really nice and it's really sad that they all die because yeah. even the ones you don't like see as much or they're not main characters i feel like they still show them enough that where you're it, like hurts. we get in, i know we get yeah invested in them so it is very unfortunate actually and it sucks that they get unplugged and yeah. they die yeah. so cypher he decides to shoot up the place and then basically unplug every single crew member that is plugged into the matrix and they say earlier that you can't your body cannot live without them the body cannot live without the mind mm-hmm. so when you're unplugged and you're still uh, in, logged into the matrix, basically, mm. then you die because your mind is trapped in this oh. software world. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> and then so Cypher unplugs all of them yeah. uh, and he's about to get to Neo and unplug him when luckily one of the the software guy that logs the the soft I can't, tank is his name. Yeah, tank, tank. He logs in all of the crew members to the Matrix. He gets back up and uh, shoots down with this blaster, this laser blaster. Shoots down Cipher, kills him, and uh, they bring. Yeah, that was cool. What happens is they bring Neo and Trinity back, but what the agent succeeded. Right. You know, this is definitely a low point in the movie because there Morpheus is held captive right now. He's a hostage. Yeah. And if the agents have him for too long, they can get him to talk and give up the codes to what's called Zion. Zion right. is the last human refuge in the real world. It's deep in the the sewage lines. <laughs> deep in the sewage world. The sewage. <laughs> so we don't know Zion. It's just mentioned. We don't actually uh, see yeah. it until we I get to, to the Matrix Reloaded. Ugh. Yeah. From here, they decide they, they have to make an ultimate choice. They debate whether or not they should pull the plug or go in and save him. Mm-hmm. And then they decide to pull the plug until at the last minute, Neo decides, no, uh, we should. I, I, no. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to let this happen. He stopped. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't believe this is happening. And then just... Just because of what the Oracle said, right? Exactly. He gets randomly inspired. I mean, not randomly inspired, but definitely inspired to sacrifice himself to for morpheus to go rescue him so he goes on this big crusade to go get morpheus plugs back in that's when the action really picks up and he does rescue morpheus morpheus is able to get logged back in but then neo gets trapped in the matrix in the process so Mm -hmm. now neo is trapped in there and this time the machines in the real world what they call the squigglies or the squiggies the sentinels these sentinel droids that are um, the basically the spies of the machine world that are roaming throughout the sewage for any rogue human rebels that have been unplugged. Any of that. Yeah, the sentinels. <laughs> the sentinels are an important part, oh. and they're like the only real. They're the only real weapon that we see of the machine world oh, uh-huh. in this movie. It, it's much more prominent in the sequels, the machine world, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in the last one. 
but action just goes right over my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm right there for processing. you. That's why you got Cameron in Selene and Cameron's hiking book club. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so following up on the action, Neo is trapped and he's trying to escape in time before the machines get to the, the Sentinels get to the Nebuchadnezzar. Because if they get to the Nebuchadnezzar, the only weapon that the Nebuchadnezzar and the humans in the real world have that Morpheus has against the Sentinels is the EMP. And they can't blow the EMP because the EMP is also, it's like a double-edged sword. It'll knock out all of their systems as well. So anybody plugged into the Matrix essentially is going to die if they blow the EMP. There's so So, many stakes I was not aware of. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the thing is they have to get Neo unplugged out of the Matrix and in order to get him unplugged, he has to go find a phone. Right, because right, the, the phone, phone lines are the <laughs> only ways portals. in and out of the matrix. Wow, that's confusing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's what happens. And there are a couple of fights between Neo and the agents. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a big deal because in, throughout the entire movie, Neo has been told by everybody in the crew to run if he sees an agent. He just run, run, run. But Neo decides to face an agent. He turns around mm-hmm. and fights because no because human... Because he knows Kung Fu now. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> exactly. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Show me. No... no uh, no human had ever fought an agent before, so he decides to confront him. He actually wins because the mm-hmm. su- the agent gets ran over by a subway, but agents aren't killable, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> they don't die. They're software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they basically just penetrate another human, and then Neo realizes that he's got to run still. <laughs> and so he runs. There's a chase. That's our climax. And Neo is actually sh- shot, mm-hmm. and he dies right when he gets to the phone by Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. who is the main antagonist. Yeah. So when Neo dies, the machines are closing in on the Nebuchadnezzar, the Sentinels, and all hope is lost. And until Trinity realizes that her prophecy that was brought that that was given to her by the Oracle is coming true. The prophecy that she would fall in love with a dead man. So No, I thought she, the prophecy is she would fall in love with the one. She would no, the prophecy is that she would fall in love with a dead man and that the dead man would be the one. But he's dead. What would it matter then? <laughs> that's the whole thing is that he gets back to life. It's love that brings him back to ah, life. That's a stretch. A little bit. I, 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 that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it is love that brings him back to life. This it's is confirmed in the next is episode. What it is. <laughs> the next episode. Oh, God. It is a stretch. I agree. It is a stretch. I agree. It was mystical. Which is weird. I thought she was saying she would fall in love with the one and he would live or something. But no, I mean, basically, she would fall in love with a dead man and he'd be the one. It, it's like if he's dead, then... I'm pretty sure that's the... We would have to revisit the audio, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the order that she says it. I mean, I believe you. I'm just saying, like, I think it's too stretched. Because she's like, so you see, you can be dead because I love you. Well, yeah, but she's just saying that because she's sad. <laughs> It works. He, I thought, I was thought you were going to because he was able to like actually work the simulation, like to have superpowers in the simulation. Like he somehow tapped into his mind in a way where like his mind was in both places or so expanded. I don't know. (laughs) I thought that's where it was going. I wish the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no. What what you were saying? Because you were saying how like the mind can't live without the body. So I thought. 
once Neo broke the boundary of like this is simulation, I can do anything. I mean that's true. That is essentially the effect. Like that's what happens. Okay. But it's the the cause is the love. It's like that's what he comes back. So he had to die, right? His his yeah. real life, his real world in mind that was pre Neo had to die because it had to shed off all of everything he thought he knew about the world, right? And then love from Trinity, who has I just don't think seen love truth, resuscitates people. <laughs> that's very like well, that's what Disney happens princess. in this. Yeah, it's mystical. <laughs> I guess, and that's what happens. It's it's the one accident. You know, we've talked about okay. that in previous episodes. Right, right, right. It's definitely the one accident that they allow in this movie. Otherwise, everything is very logical. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good movie. I'm not. I'm just. Well, saying, other like, than like the the fact that they can. I mean, they can jump across buildings because it's all fake. Right. Like none of it's real. Right. 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 Yeah. But I yeah, mean, it's definitely can, the mystical thing. And we can talk about and now since we're talking about this crazy action, like the pioneer was for visual effects, which is a lot of the Oscars it won, and that it invented bullet time, which is the scene where the bullets are coming at Neo in slow motion, but the camera's moving really fast towards him. Is that what it is? I think so. The way that... Is that that's essentially what it is. It's described as a slow motion shot mm-hmm. where the camera is able to move at real time. Action's moving slow and the camera's moving fast. Exactly. Yeah. and But that effect was invented... For the Matrix and and where there's a bunch of bullets heading at Neo, and they slow down because he's like, in a he knows he's in a simulation and can whatever slow right. down with his mind. But I actually met the head VFX guy. You met this. like what was the his guy name? that invented Bullet Time. What was his name? John Gaeta. What? Yeah, I met him because I was working at the South by. Panels. He was at the South by Southwest event. Yeah, he, he I. I was working for the virtual reality panels in the green room and he was having like a a panel and the speakers come to the green room before their session to like have a drink or a snack. Of course, they have to. Yeah. And I mean, I was working. We need a green room. Huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he he came to the green room because he had a panel and then I talked to him there. A little bit. Wow. Yeah. Did you know about bullet time at the time? Well, I knew, but like I hadn't seen the Matrix yet, so I couldn't, you know. (laughs) But I was just like more like listening to this conversation. Well, now you can email him and say, hey, I got a podcast (laughs) about the movie that you (laughs) pioneered. No, but I mean, that was cool and unexpected. That is. Yeah. That's great. You're you're so close to talent. Well, I'm not close to him. I just like eavesdrop a lot and sat next to him. Mm-hmm. But it's true. So the bullet time effect was very uh, very important for this moment in Hollywood action movies mm-hmm. and it did help shift this focus and towards, I think, stylizing it, the action a little bit yeah. more when it came to special I mean, effects. Yeah, it's super I, like I said, inspired by... Anime? Yeah, anime. Like, like ghost, the possibilities well, of what anime Well, mostly Ghost in do. the Shell. Mm-hmm. And then, Which I've never seen. I'm not familiar with it neither, too much. But it does or have read. a similar... It's a comic, manga. Well, it's also a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then a, a whitewash movie here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Controversy. But I know. But it does have a similar look. And they also... I mean, they it had a lot of special effects for that time. Just like the computer. I mean, it's all technology, so it makes sense. Well, I think one of the most famous things about this movie is its color correction and... Uh huh. How and and I didn't really realize this, but looking back, 
Yeah. Only the scenes in the Matrix and the simulation are colored green, like a very heavy green tint to them. And then the ones in the real world are have a blue tint. That's right. So the final shots have this color correction added in post-production that yeah. during the shots from the Matrix, the the shots are have this green tint that you mentioned, yeah. right? Uh, in contrast to any shots of the real world where it's more bluish. Yeah. Right. In order to distinguish between the two and also to yeah, and give apparently, the two worlds more character. Right. And to distinguish them, I guess, also practically. Mm-hmm. Um, but blue is kind of a more like real color, <laughs> they say, yeah. like a trusted color. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's more of a graphic design perspective, but blue is trustworthy. And green is definitely not. I guess. <laughs> so artificial. It's sick. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the emotions that yeah. green evokes, sick, but also money. So I don't know. That's disgusting. <laughs> So just a little bit of trivia going inside. It's about that that one particular shot that I think is very iconic in this movie. I, I feel like maybe we should have a segment called like the iconic shot. If, if we okay. have a certain movie that has one, sure. like we had I mean, with Get you, Out. Right. But you, I mean, you can just say this that, is an yeah. iconic shot. That's definitely <laughs> the moment that I want to go into is the moment where we really see that bullet time yeah. come to the most best use, I think, right. is when Neo is dodging these bullets from the uh-huh. agent. And, and I doing believe like they, a back bend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He does this very quick, cool back bend <laughs> suddenly where it looks like he's like floating on his knees or something. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember seeing it as a kid. I loved it so much and I tried to imitate it so much. And Aww. I thought it was cool because I could do it. It yeah. was uh, like at school, we would always try to challenge each other to see who could do it further <laughs> yeah that's real silly that's, that is but i think that they set up something like 120 cameras individual uh. so how that works is they rather than having a motion picture camera they don't have a video camera instead they have yeah. 120 dslr cameras mm-hmm. that are set up on this in this green screen room in a circle but as the circle fluctuates in height going up and down mm-hmm. if you think like a frequency wave maybe sort of yeah. and yeah. it is triggered so that in rapid fire succession and within you know fractions of seconds in between each camera shot it's taking 120 frames within one maybe one and a half seconds of um, action mm-hmm. So that's how they were able to get this ultra slow motion going around so quickly like that. Yeah, I mean, it's intense. Like, camera rigs are insane. And there are a couple other moments in the movie where they do that, too. Mm. The two other moments that the bullet time happens are for Trinity and for Morpheus as well. And so it's kind of cool that the three main characters get their own bullet time sequence. Mm -hmm. And they represent the Holy Trinity, right? (laughs) And there's a character named Trinity. I know. It's a hint. You think so? Yeah. That's what it said somewhere. (laughs) What? Morpheus and Neo. Morpheus is God, Neo is Jesus, and Trinity is the Holy Spirit. Wow. (laughs) Damn. That's the mic drop moment there. (laughs) Is it? I don't know about that. But, I mean, there... On top of visual effects, I also saw there were so many, well, with the with the whole wire and wire foo action thing, like there were so many practical effects with the actors, and it seemed like this movie had quite a bit of injuries. There were so many injuries. Yeah, like a lot of stunt people getting like very serious broken There's parts. so many action sequences. You have to have stunt Yeah, doubles. and Keanu Reeves had had neck surgery 
recently before he started the movie, so he couldn't do a lot of things at first. Mm -hmm. But he kept training and training for four months. Persistent. But dedicated. That's awful. Like <laughs> it is. Did you find? It's so grueling. Did it say anywhere if there were any fatalities? Uh, I don't think I saw fatalities, but I saw some serious injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think we should be thankful that there were no f major fatalities. Yeah. Considering the scale and type of production. Yeah, it's intense. Uh, yeah. Hashtag justice for the crew. Stunt, I actually had stunt doubles. My hashtag was hashtag justice for the crew, but I guess I kind of meant the stunt doubles in that, like all the background people. You know, <laughs> there's another little tidbit I read about the uh, Wachowski brothers. Mm -hmm. is that they stick to the same crew for almost all of their oh, films. That's nice. They always hire the same people to yeah, crew their movies. A lot I thought something interesting I read was how some of the VFX, well effects in general of this movie were inspired by one of our faves, director Michel Gondry from Eternal Sunshine. Oh really? Yeah. Just hey. like a lot of like the trippy things. Mhm. Mm were kind of inspired by his style of like really weird. That's great. Trippy realities. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, if you're wondering a little bit more about his style, you could visit one of our previous episodes <laughs> about Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind or on the Spotless Mind. iTunes podcast the, the Spotless or Google Play. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Shout out to Michelle Gondry. Shout out. <laughs> Not an official show, Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see in your research all the... All the actors that were considered for Neo? No, I did not. There was like a million. Were there really? Like literally everyone. <laughs> Will Smith, Nicolas Cage, Johnny Depp, DiCaprio, Tom what? Cruise. DiCaprio? Yeah, I know. Oh DiCaprio. my goodness. <laughs> what is that? Well, the only thing I found about him was that like he said there was too many stunts. <laughs> I'm like, okay, DiCaprio. <laughs> it's true. He had to learn how to fight martial arts. Yeah, for sure. And someone else, like, straight up just didn't understand it, didn't get it. <laughs> then that's why they turned it down. Will Smith, which That was I Nicolas think... Cage. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't remember who it was. Justice for Nicolas Cage. No. Really, yo. He's fine. Ah. Uh, Will Smith, I think, would have been great in this. He, apparently, he turned it down because he didn't feel like mature enough at the time, which mm. I don't remember where his career was at. But he's not like the I, one. I feel at like the time. he would have. He would have been great. I agree. Like he, I, he chose I mean, Wild Wild West instead, and yeah, he you went know, the to rest that. is history. Yeah, he said, and he's so nice about it. He's like, I think Keanu did the best. You know, he's oh, that's so good. He's, I mean, Will Smith is such a nice guy. I, I, I think it would have been a, just as good. Okay, let's get into. Philosophical questions. <laughs> Would Ooh, you take the blue pill or the red pill? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's so vague what Morpheus gives it's him as true. options. That's he says, a hard one. <laughs> you stay in Wonderland. Well, listen. But and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I don't really mean. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I know. I don't necessarily mean which would you take in that moment. I mean, like, knowing everything. What would you take? I am scared of change. <laughs> I'm not too sure. It so depends. You're going back to being a prisoner? I mean, but if you're happy, I know it's hard. It's really Am hard. I Neo in the situation or am I me in the situation? You're just you. Morpheus would never want to free me. Oh my god. No, he like it's care. it's more philosophical like would you rather live and happily but like it's not real or live Not shittily. at the expense of other people's lives like Cypher, but more right, but like 
I I'm, I'm going to be an unpopular opinion. And you think that's unpopular? I don't really know. I don't know. I, I have a feeling at this current moment in my life, I hate to say it, <laughs> but I really don't want to eat goop every day. <laughs> Which color is it? That what? One? Blue? Is that blue? Yeah. Good Cypher, oh, Cypher yeah, tells yeah. Neo, Should've why oh why didn't I take the blue pill? Yeah. Oh, it's such a hard one for me. Come take the blue pill. With it you. also represents like <laughs> ignorance, you know? Like, exactly. You want to be, you. that's what. He says that in the movie. (laughs) It does. So, like, in that sense, I wouldn't want to choose ignorance. But that's really what this means. That's what he says when he's about to eat the bite of steak. Oh. Cypher is meeting... It's the it's a uh-huh. great scene and it's one that my dad and I would always joke about when I was younger is when Cypher's meeting with Agent Smith and he's having a steak at this fancy five star mm-hmm. restaurant overlooking a city and in the Matrix and Cypher's like I know when I look at the steak it, it isn't real when I put it in my mouth and taste its wonders the matrix is telling me that it tastes good and then he says something he's realized after all these years is ignorance is bliss oh right it is but it's also bad yes i don't want to choose ignorance it's awful because you're just part of the problem saying that the machine it's okay for the machines to harvest your body right so you still choose that I mean, honestly, oh, you're putting me in a corner. No, no, here. I know. And honestly, not choosing or choosing the red pill is a lot easier said than done. Like, it's easy to say, like, I want. But I want to work in the kitchen at Zion. I don't want to be part of the revolution. OK, that's fair. Is that fair? I mean, I want a graphic design for them. <laughs> <laughs> for the resistance. That's fine. <laughs> Make the propaganda posters. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, a red pill. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could see you it's driving in that one. position. Because I want to be enlightened, you know? Who doesn't? So you would well, take the red people. pill? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, okay, last question. Philosophical. So right now we got... We're getting there. We're... V- virtual reality is being very developed. Autonomous vehicles. Virtual assistants like Google Home and Echo. Elon Musk saying... Crazy shit sound like a robot. <laughs> are we in a simulation or are we headed towards? Claro. What? <gasps> I've I've thought about this since I was like five or six years old. Well, because that's when you saw the Matrix. No. no. <laughs> that's <laughs> when five. Damn. I started to just think about what if none of this was real? What if this is mm. just us being puppeteered? I always thought that too, actually. Huh? Because it's easy once you, I think first learn of the size of the space that we live in Mm. it's just easy to quickly see how insignificant we are but then also how to explain this giant vacuum of space that we exist in it's tough yeah i mean what was the question again is are we are are we we in in a simulation simulation? uh yes really (laughs) i mean society is a simulation i mean this is crazy because (laughs) It, I think it also has this philosophical question to it oh, in regards to... Well, so I think the Wachowski brothers took it a different approach than what I was about to say. I was about to take like this spiritual approach to it, thinking that we don't have as much free will over our lives because mm-hmm. we have this ultimate destiny. And that in that sense, it's a simulation. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like society is a simulation because right. we all live according to weird social contra- constructs like money and all these things. Well, I was getting at more of like this divine type of spontaneous yet purposeful 
existence where everything in life is oh like destined right destined it's put there I don't for know a reason about all that. well i think that there's an element of that in this movie that they try oh, to address because he's, he's the one and there's a they say that you know there's a purpose that is he's going to free everybody right so jesus right exactly uh, so I think it grapples with that. But then I think also, like you're saying with society and all of that, that they mentioned in one of the philosophy books that was required, assigned reading mm-hmm. for the actors. One of them had talked about three different stages of simulation, basically, mm-hmm. that had been developed since the ancient archaic days, the first industrial revolution, and then the post-capitalist era, which mm-hmm. is today. And talking about how each one was this sub- successive stage of having a life that's m- that much more automated, whereas right. and and the more that's omini- automated, it loses meaning because it loses originality. So it's like, <sighs> so trippy. yeah, <laughs> yeah, to the point that in this movie, humans are turned into batteries, which is a major theme. It's like the whole thing about right. this. That's the truth of this movie. Well, but I'm not that scared about AI because who made AI? Us? Humans. Well. Like, I, to me, I don't know. That's always one of the sci-fi things that I find the most trouble buying that like AI can develop consciousnesses and like feelings and, you know, like the overpowering of AI. To me, it's never like, that seems like one of the least real things that in these like dystopian scenarios it's funny i really don't think a machine can do that but but what if you asked a machine to you put in all this data and you said give me the uh, best outcome of what i should do like what what action should i take with all this data um, about trying to save the world you put in all the current data and it's most likely to bring back like suggesting that the machines should do it because we would be more the machines would be more efficient with resources than humans would be. Well, yeah, but I just don't see how a machine can gain feelings. Like I don't think it's about gaining feelings. Sin, more about like gaining human stupidity and sin of like emotion. I don't know. It, it just to me. I agree. I can't. No, I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. But I think that they'll be able to make decisions. Right, they'll be, and that's what. But like for themselves, mm-hmm. I don't think so. And then they're not going to be based on emotion; they're going to be based on logic. I don't know. I feel like being power hungry. Ugh. It's it, not about being power hungry. I think well, it's about. But it's like making the choice that results in the greatest common good. Right, but once they gain power, like I can't see an AI with literally no one behind it. That's good. I wish I wish that there was less Hollywood to make the masses of society think the opposite. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like no matter how good at it, it is at decisions, there has to be someone behind it that can, like, turn it off, you know? <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> that, that's my thing. I don't know. But Elon Musk says we're in a simulation, so I, I want to believe him because he, he's smart, I guess, you know? <laughs> that's true. We're probably in a simulation. It's easy to think that, I think, at this point, though, because of how our environment has been so manipulated in our lives, so controlled with these institutions and having to register a social security number, pay taxes and everything like that. That just seems very conspiracy-ish. This is all conspiracy time, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Well, we're kind of spiraling out into philosophical land. Well, we have in the whole podcast, but that's the nature of this movie. (laughs) It's true. Well, I'm sure that I've had a couple of other uh, notes than this, but I can offer a couple of notes okay last points 
Sure, sure. I mean, the main thing, the only thing I have here that's different that we haven't covered yet is the costumes. Oh, right. So I saw his was cheap in the end. Oh, it was? The coat. Oh. The iconic black coat. Well, it's like, so they chose all black. I like that. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And sunglasses. Oh, right. They were like custom made. It's like a fashion choice in this movie. Yeah. And thinking about what that means for action, you know? Hiding. That too. <laughs> it's just, and it's also stylized. It's very cool you know, right, to have these action figures that. That's true are wearing sunglasses. Yeah. It's this element of cool to the movie that I think it, it like adds it to its standout ability. So it's really interesting and how the agent, the 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 so the costume designer for the Matrix is named Kim Barrett and it says that she had to design with multiple fabrics in order to create suits that were nimble enough for the oh, acrobatics and so much all of the kung fu fighting, so much movement. And choreography. Yeah. So she had to make these the very special costumes. The was actually a very famous uh, Chinese man. I have his name just to shout him out because he did a really good job. And <laughs> there was one story that was like he he trained with the actors the first day, and then he was like, "Did he quit?" No, oh. he was just like, "Oh, they're a lot in worse shape than <laughs> I thought." <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Uh, <laughs> Americans. Yeah, <laughs> he his name was. And I don't know if this is his real name because it, it kind of it kind of works. Kind of funny. UN whooping, <laughs> <laughs> whooping your ass. <laughs> the, the actors. <laughs> but yeah, those are the main players in this movie. Yeah, she said that the suits were, the the suits for the agents were inspired by secret agent suits. Mm, of um, course. Right. It, it, it's just kind of cool to think about the system of the Matrix having its own policing force, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, these agents. Well, they have to personify it somehow. It's true. That, that's kind of one of the best ways. Not to get too much into spoiler territory, but... We're already in spoiler. Oh, well, I'm saying for the next one, for, oh, no, for no, the no, sequel. no, more. Okay, never mind. Okay, good. I wanted to just go and, like, mention the franchise, like what it had okay. become. I, I ended up loving The Matrix so much that I, you know, I watched the second movies in the theaters, but then I also got a video game. Oh, so yeah. they, you know, they made a video game of it for PlayStation 2. Okay. And it actually has a really famous MMORPG that was like one of the, it was just a known uh, early version of that style of gaming because MMORPGs at this time in like 0304 they were difficult to make the uh, internet connections were not that good yet at this time and anyways I've just heard about that game being a kind of like major disappointment in certain ways because of the limitations it had but it also every at the beginning every movie video game is a major it's disappointment it's true <laughs> but at the very beginning it was very exciting because well, yeah, it always is right it was an MMORPG <laughs> Uh, there's that. It spawned multiple video games, and there are also talks. Warner Brothers are hoping to try to reboot the series. Oh, I read, but I that was imagine. as new as that was like last year, I guess, the mm -hmm. spring of last year. And the Wachowski brothers are probably not, or the Wachowski, sorry, mm -hmm. are probably not interested in being involved. But Warner Brothers were hoping to get their consent. Oh damn! And blessings. I don't know about all that. They had this original idea, though, The Matrix, yeah, and that's so that's cool. Well, the, the, the thing is, I'll say again, like, like it stood the test of time when technology literally, it's so hard to do that, like, even year to year to maintain relevancy in something technology-related, but they did it, and it's still 
very relevant to today. I mean, it, we just keep getting closer, and it's it's always referenced in all the innovations we're seeing, like in VR and right. virtual assistants. There's so many references still to the Matrix. It's true. We so we like, have the the red pill, blue pill reference that still is made today. We have like turning a human into a battery. I think that's a common reference. And then also, I was going to mention the spoon. Like, I think I, I mostly see a reference in general as like, oh, we're we're getting to the Matrix. It's the Matrix, you know. Like, oh, well, it's just like, like a, just as like saying the name I see. when something like I AI. was going in, in terms of like their pop cultural references, like mm. the most common ones. And I, the spoon one is very. I think in terms of a phrase, the phrase "there is no spoon" is. I've never heard that one. What well, I see, it's it's. I guess I've more heard I know Kung Fu a lot more. <laughs> My, but it's like funny because like out of all of the phrases that my mom could remember, she remembers there is no spoon, and she like loves it. She's like, because like that goes into the philosophy of trying to. It's like that Taoism, like just it's not there, it doesn't exist. That's not Taoism. Well, <laughs> but I'm sure Oops. it's some philosophy. But <laughs> I've never heard that one. It's an important scene though because it's sort of the scene. It's the considered the scene that awakens, starts to awaken Neo to I guess, but accepting the truth. Okay, so uh, we're going to get into our shout-out and then our grades. Our shout-out for this week's episode is my mom because she is our most one of our recent new listeners, and she personally asked for a shout-out. But I think it would be a cool thing to shout-out our listeners that follow and support us on our social medias. That's right. Um, so stay tuned every week for a shout-out. That's right. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> so if you want to get shouted out, tweet us at Hikey Book Club, Instagram us at Hikey Book Club, or like our Facebook page at Hikey Book Club. And what's your overall grade for The Matrix? For The Matrix? Yeah. I, A plus. I give it A minus. Okay. There's a lot of good things, but action loses me. So that's a very subjective points off. Got because it. The genre is, like, a lot for me. But mm-hmm. I, I love the concept and, like, the execution. It's just, like, I feel like I need to see it ten times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some, like, cheesy moments in the acting for me. Yeah. But I feel like I can forgive those uh, in terms of its legacy right. and accepting, understanding how much of a major cultural force it's been since. Yeah. It's An industry hard force. To, like, what's more important, you know, when grading? Mm-hmm. But... To me, I'm just, this time, I guess, just going off of my own personal without accounting so much for, like, importance to the society. Just, like, as a one viewer, one time. But <laughs> I reckon... Who cares about society? No, I recognize... I mean, it's all a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, on that note, I guess we will leave you out there in simulation land. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll have another episode for you next Tuesday, <laughs> as usual. And if you have any suggestions for what you would like us to cover, we're happy to take them. Uh, of course, like Zeleni said, tweet us at Heike Book Club. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to seeing y'all next time. You'll be hearing us. Yay.